0: Amen. Praising God in this place together this morning has been fantastic, hasn't it? Been amazing. So good to see so many of you here today. Thank you for joining us online too, as we magnify the impact of God's word and worship today in that way. The Bible says that faith is the one indispensable quality that we need to have We need to have faith for life, the Bible says, for we walk by faith, not by sight. We need faith for eternal life, the Bible says, for it is by grace that we have been saved through faith, and it goes on to say in the very next verse, and that is not from yourself, it is the gift of God, because faith is a reaction in our hearts to the action of God. Amen? So who gets the glory in the end for everything that we do and are? Everything, it's God. Because it's Him who has acted upon us, prompting us to respond in faith. This morning, we're going to turn in our Bibles to Genesis chapter 12 to look at Abraham, the father of faith, through whom all nations were blessed, which is so appropriate for this day as we especially pause and celebrate the folks, the believers from all nations that are part of our midst, the folks that are not yet believers but are considering it, that are watching online and are with us. We celebrate the nations of this world that God is drawing to himself. So while you're going to Genesis chapter 12, let me give you the pre-story. The pre-story was that Abraham's dad, Terah, was actually directed by God to leave where he was and go to a new place. In Genesis chapter 11:28, it says, "Terah took Abraham, his son, and Lot, the son of Haran, his grandson, and Sarah, or Sarai, his daughter-in-law, his son Abram's or Abraham, it gets used both ways. And they went forth together from Ur of the Chaldeans to go into the land of Canaan." But when they came to Haran, they settled there. So I've got a lovely map here for you, and I want to show you what's going on here. He grew up in Ur, southern Iraq today. God said to Terah, I want you to go all the way to Canaan, modern Israel today. And so Terah took off with his family, and he made it halfway And Haran, can everyone say the word halfway with me? Halfway. Halfway faith. And what does halfway faith do? It settles. It stops short of the full blessing that God has in store for you. And Haran settled there. I mean, Terah settled there. And the Bible says he died of old age. And we don't hear his name again. Who wants to live a life like that? But then God spoke clearly to his son Abraham in chapter 12. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation. And I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abraham went as the Lord had told him. I want you to imagine that it's you. God speaks to you. He says, I have a blessing for you. It's huge. It's going to escalate into a blessing for all nations. So now go to the land that I will show you. And you go, this is amazing, God. This is wonderful. This is fantastic. I have a few questions. Want to specify the land I'm going to? Do you care to tell me how long the journey is? Uh, I have a barren wife. You're talking about a lot of children. Explain that to me. Uh, What size of nation are we talking about making out of me? What kind of blessing? Is it a lot of money? Uh, What is it? What are we talking about here, God? And how will others be blessed through me? I don't understand. And you see, for Abraham, where he was in Syria, everything was known to him. He knew his friends, he knew his family, he knew the culture, he knew the language, he knew he had good land by a river, but everything that God was calling to him was unknown to him. The details were withheld, withheld. but faith says go when all the details are not in place. Amen? When all the details are not in place, faith says go. Today we are celebrating our brothers and sisters in Christ who are immigrants. We don't want to imply in any way that Canada is the promised land. Many Canadians would rather go where you're coming from, for the climate, the culture, the way of life. But yet it took a great deal of faith for you to step out. And we want to celebrate that today. And we want to note that you, like Abraham, Because of faith, became an immigrant. I interviewed three couples this week. What a privilege it was. Thank you, Shane and James Carpenter, for your amazing work with the interviews. We had three couples, and we're going to share little clips from them with you during this message so that you can be inspired in your faith and also so that you can get to know them a little bit better. And in fact, if you really want to see the whole interviews, they're all on Facebook right now about 20-minute interviews. But right now, we're just going to give you a couple snippets from the first one. I found Jesus. You found Jesus? <laughs> and okay. that Jesus changed everything. Wow. All things in my mind changed. When Jesus uh, started talking to me, he, he told me to Leave everything and uh, go to United States, and uh, I did
1: that because we didn't know God before. So yeah. for me, I can just finish um, everything. But I have a dream. I had a dream, yes. and God showed me that I was dying. Wow! So in that time, God started working in my heart.
0: your parents, the, your land, and then I talk to you. But God don't say where and what. He just says go. like me. Yeah, just go. No matter where you're coming from or where you're going, faith is for you. Faith is the response that God is looking for you every time he says go where I'll show you. So it may not be going to another country. It might be, go to your friend and have that difficult but necessary conversation. Now, you could settle with a relationship that's not all it should be, or you can step out in faith and make it all it should be. God might say, go to your new career. Well, you could do that, or you could settle for the good you have because you're afraid what the future might look like. Why would you give up what you have? He might be saying, go share your faith with that person. Step out. Go make a generous gift. Go make some life changes. Go get some counseling. Get out of that sinful relationship. Go and initiate a new friendship, maybe with someone that's quite different from you. Go ahead in your relationship with God. Faith always goes. And it never settles for anything less than the full blessing of God. Now, blessing is such a rich word. When we think blessing, we think happiness. We think contentment. We think the peace of God. We think spiritual. We think it overflowing into all areas of our lives. But this morning, as we try to comprehend such a rich word as blessing, let's start with the opposite of blessing. It might help us, cursing. And cursing is when our life itself has become an obscenity. We are filled with strife, with God and with others. We are filled with frustration and pain. We are thwarted at every step we try to take. That is cursing. And in Genesis chapter 3, right at the start of this book that we're looking at today, a curse entered into humanity as they ceased to respond to God in faith and instead rebelled in arrogance, and death entered, and sin entered. And so many of us in our lives today, if we were honest, we would say there is more cursing on our lives than blessing. So when God, in Genesis chapter 12, turned to Abraham and said, all nations will be blessed through you, he was beginning to reverse the curse. He was beginning to turn back all that sin had ruined in the world, and he was going to do it through this man. Abraham is called a sojourner. It's the opposite of a settler. A sojourner is a traveler, a person who goes to one place, and everyone kind of knows they're going to keep on moving soon. It's like the littlest hobo if you, are, if you grew up with me. Don't know where I'm going to go. <laughs> But a sojourner keeps going. And on that journey that they're very committed to, there's going to be tests along the way. These tests, each one you pass, it will expand the blessing and it expands our faith in God's faithfulness. Can you say, I have faith in God's faithfulness? Can you say that? I have faith in God's faithfulness. You don't have much faith in yourself, maybe. That's okay, but do you have faith in God's faithfulness? So Abraham, his wife Sarah, his nephew Lot in tow, stepped out in faith. And they got to the promised land, worshiped God, and then a famine hit. Has this ever happened to you? You say, God, I took the step of faith and immediately I run into extreme difficulty. I should have stayed where I was. But Abraham, imperfectly though he did it, persisted in faith. And God actually ended up blessing Abraham. So by the end of that famine, he had a massive herd of animals, him and Lot. So much so that Abraham said to Lot, listen, we have so many sheep and goats and everything, which is the currency of of that time, that we need to separate because there's not enough food for all our flocks. And then Abraham did something that was kind of incredible to me. He said, Lot, you take the best pick of the land. Now, who was the land promised to? Abraham. But Abraham says, Lot, you take the best. And so, Lot goes down to the green valleys around Sodom and Gomorrah. And Abraham is left standing on top of the dusty hills. And having passed a major test of greediness of being afraid that the provision and promises of God will run out if he doesn't share and be generous. That's what greed is, by the way. We're just terrified we're going to run out. Lot pa- uh, Abraham passes that test, and then God appears to him and expands the initial blessing. And actually, in Abraham's life, there are four expansions of blessing that occur. So here's the first one. In Genesis 13, the Lord said to Abram, after Lot had separated from him, He said, lift up your eyes and look from the place where you are on the dusty hills. Northward and southward, eastward and westward. For all the lands that you see, I will give to you and your offspring forever. Whoa, some details about time, God. Thank you. For I will make your offspring as the dust of the earth so that if one can count the dust of the earth that you're standing on right now, your offspring could also be counted. Arise, walk the length and the breadth of the land, for I will give it to you. And so Abraham begins to see what God was going to show him. He expands, going to make you, saying, I'm going to make you into a great nation, into a, command, a promise that he's going to have so many offspring, you can't even count them. And that's how it works, my friends. The the specifics, the details that we so long for in our lives, they come as we step out in in faith. God reveals details as we go. Not before we go, very little before we go, but every detail we need as we go. The next test comes... When some kings of some city-states swoop in on Sodom, raid the place, and take everybody prisoner, including Abraham's nephew, Lot. And Abraham does something pretty tremendous. He gathers up his household and all his servants and employees. He has 318 people. And he takes off in the middle of the night pursuing the armies that have just taken Lot captive totally outnumbered, not even professional uh, fighters. But the Lord delivers the enemy into Abraham's hands. Abraham has taken a huge risk, and in the middle of the night, Abraham falls upon these people, God strikes them with terror, they run away, and there's this immense booty left behind, this this treasure, this plunder. So what would you do if you were Abraham at that point? God has said, I'm gonna give you this land, There's all kinds of people living in the land. But now Abraham's got a little army. He's got a ton of money. He could hire more people to come with him. He could make his own city-state. He could make some alliances, and he could begin to make his name great, couldn't he? But he had a real sense of what God's way was. So instead of that, Abraham goes, and he tithes 10% of the booty to a priest of God. And then he gives back every cent that he had acquired to the others and keeps not one cent for himself and trusts that God is going to do what needs to be done in his way and in his timing. And then the blessing is expanded a second time. God says, Fear not, Abram, I am your shield. You don't need a big army, I am your shield. Your reward shall be very great, much greater than what you just gave away. But Abram said, O Lord God, what will you give me, for I continue childless? And the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus, a servant of Abram's. And Abram said, Behold, you have given me no offspring, and a member of my household will be my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, this man shall not be your heir, your very own son shall be your heir. And he brought him outside and said, look toward the heaven and number the stars. If you are able to number them, then he said, so shall your offspring be. And he believed the Lord, and God counted it to him as righteousness. Abraham, I'm your shield. Abraham, I'm your reward. Abraham, I'm going to give you your own biological son. not offspring as beautiful and numerous as the stars and then, as the chapter continues, in what I, I'm not reading to you, he begins to give details. This is how your nation's gonna grow, incubated in Egypt before I set it free. These are the details of the land. And you know what the details were? Let's get that map up again. When God said, Go to the land I'm gonna show you, Abraham was right here. And he crossed the great Euphrates River and he walked all the way through the southern Syria. And into Jordan, Israel, parts of Lebanon today. And he walked in those places. And God said, Since you crossed that great river Euphrates, every place your foot has touched, I'm giving to you. That was realized under Solomon when when the nation of Israel reached all the way to the river Euphrates. But isn't that cool? Go to the land, I'll show you. And Abraham says, Okay. I wonder when I'm going to get there. And God's saying, you're already getting there. Every step you're taking, you don't realize it. It's a step of blessing and a step of promise. And you're going to know after the fact what I was up to. The big pivot point for Abraham was that he believed God. And God counted it to him as righteousness. You see, Abraham is far from perfect if you read his story but he had to trust in God's goodness because his own goodness was flawed. This second video clip might help you on your journey.
1: It just got to a stage in my life and there was really this feeling that I need to get close to God. Mm And then at that point, that's when I really focused on faith. And the more I get to know the words of God, the better my life feels. What
0: are some of the challenges that you have faced?
1: Today, we've never had any challenge.
0: Well, I find that an interesting statement because in trying to find a time to meet with you, there is only one day of the entire week that you guys aren't going because you know you're you're studying you're working you're both working uh from the sounds of things io you're studying or working six days a week pretty much around the clock yeah and but there's no difficulty yeah (laughs) yeah yeah so you know what that says a lot about your character
1: yeah and maybe that comes from a determined mind a determined mind. yeah Yeah. when you are determined and focused you have plans ahead you know where you are going Whatever wants to come to be an obstacle, you are just like, no, you're not going to stop me. You keep on moving. Coming here is a a step of faith. Like, we we don't know what is out there. But when the time came for us to move, Mm -hmm. we moved. Mm -hmm. And all what we can say is God has been good. And
0: you will continue to be good. Wow, I love those videos. Abraham's third blessing expansion came when he found out that not only was God going to give him a son, biologically, it was going to come through his beloved wife, Sarah. Sarah had been unable to conceive children in her prime childbearing years, and she was now decades past childbearing age. And God says to Abraham, Sarah is going to give birth to the son. And this is one of my favorite scripture verses. It says in Genesis chapter 17, 7, then Abraham fell on his face and laughed. Isn't that a great verse? He fell on his face and laughed. In fact, Sarah was listening to God who had appeared and manifested himself to Abraham say this. And then she started laughing too on the other side of the tent. And then God grabbed her and pulled her in and said, were you laughing? No, no, I wasn't laughing. He goes, you were laughing. She goes, okay, I was laughing. This is laughable, God. And God said, so that you will know that nothing is impossible with me. A year from now, you will conceive and have him a son. And I want you to name him Isaac because Isaac means laughter. The laughably good, goodness of God. That is what God has for you. Sarah said, um, she said in Genesis 21, verse uh, 1, Isaac, which means laughter, and Sarah said, God made laughter for me. Everyone who hears will laugh over me. And she said, who would have said that Abraham and Sarah would have children, that she would nurse a child, yet I have borne him a son in his old age. Who would have said this? Who could have predicted it? This is what happens when blessing comes into our lives. And then in chapter 22, we come to the last and final ultimate test of Abraham's faith, which led to the final expansion. I want you to imagine how little Abraham knew about God. There are almost 1,200 chapters in this Bible. If you read this Bible, you'll get to know an awful lot about who God is, his heart, and his love and his mercy. But Abraham didn't have the New Testament. He didn't have the Psalms, Proverbs, Prophets, history books. He had Genesis 1 through 22 in his head. (laughs) He knew very little about God. And so God said, I want you to do, Abraham, something that people do for their gods in this wicked place. They sacrifice their children to the gods. Will you sacrifice Isaac to me, Abraham? And Abraham's going, how does that work? What kind of a mean, trick, tricky deity is this that gives me this son of, of, of promise and then says, sacrifice him, kill him? Is God gonna raise him from the dead? How does this work? I don't know. But Abraham knew what he knew about God to that point. And so he took Isaac and took him up to a mountain and literally had the knife in his hand ready to come down on this Child of promise. And God stopped his hand and said, Abraham, now I know that you will obey me. Don't worry. All along, I was going to provide a substitute. And there was a ram in the thicket caught there. Just happened to be. And Abraham took that ram out and sacrificed that to God. And this is what God said to him. In Genesis 22, and the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time from heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, declares the Lord. Because you have done this and not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you because you have obeyed my voice. Having true faith means that we obey God in the end. Can you say that? Obey God in the end. We are incredibly imperfect people, much like Abraham, if you read his story. But in the very end, true faith, if it's faith, is obedience. And when we put God to the test, and when he tests us, our faith grows. His faithfulness is magnified. And today we know that the God who provided a substitute for Isaac is the God who provided his very own son as a substitute for us in his love and mercy. And then we can absolutely trust that God Because God said to Abraham, I'm going to make you a great nation. All nations will be blessed through you. And he did make Abraham into a great nation. The Jewish people flourished from him biologically. And then Jesus the Jew was born, son of God. And he lived out the righteousness that we don't have. He passed the ultimate test. And we can put our faith in him. And he becomes the substitute to save our lives from eternal death and instead to receive etern- eternal life. Hebrews 12, two says that Jesus is the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Our last interview clip summarizes everything that we've looked at so well. I hope you enjoy it. Nigeria, Indonesia, the UK, and then the UAE.
1: The UAE, United Arab Emirates.
0: Yes, and that's Abu Dhabi in yes. the, there. Wow.
1: And I had my kids in all those countries, so I had the first in Indonesia, the second in the UK, and the third one in Abu Dhabi. The first resolution or the first thing we're looking for, even as a child, every time we go into a new place, is to plant ourselves in the bible believing church Mm -hmm. and that forms the foundation for all our friendships and what we do the church has always been our family i think the most difficult move i ever made was when we left abu dhabi to come here Mm -hmm. because it wasn't a transfer for work um we were like oh let's try canadian immigration and and we got it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, initially I was expecting, okay, I and the kids will come first and he will join me. And then a couple, within the week he was like, oh no, I'm quitting my job. And at this point we had three kids. Mm-hmm. I was like, um, if this is happening when we first got married and it was just both of us, I'll be like, oh, yeah, fine, let's go for another adventure. Uh, but this time we had three kids and he was like, oh, I'm, we're gonna quit our jobs and we'll move to Canada. So.
0: I feel that, I feel that pressure, (laughs) wow.
1: So it was, I was like, I was thinking about, um, oh, I wouldn't have a job, you wouldn't have a job. We don't really know anyone in Canada, so um, we're just going like on a journey and he was like, it was so sure that I was gonna be our next move. So I struggled with it. I I prayed for a while and I prayed with my mom, and then one day we were praying, She's like, don't worry. I hear God saying, I'm going to help you. I was confident in my heart that that word was coming from God. So we started packing and all I kept on um, well, all I kept on um, hearing was, God's going to help you. And he's been so faithful because we walked into this town. We didn't know anybody, mm-hmm. right? So right from the airport, it's like, we met someone. I was like, oh, I'll help you with your staff. And every time, whether it's childcare, when child he came to get jobs, when he came to the decision to to buy a house or to buy a car, I could just see God helping. Mm. Like I could look back on the two years and see that He is stood firm to His word, and it's it's been an awesome journey. You know, when I have to make big when I say big, I mean decisions where I have to. Uh, risk a lot. You know, God has always been there. For every place we've gone to, there has always been an assignment. If God says this, who am I not to? He's been, he's been the one directing and leading.
0: In the same way that God has been faithful to them, at the very end of Abraham's life, uh, Abraham sent a trusted servant on one last task. And he said... Get a suitable wife for my son, Isaac. Not someone from those around who don't share the same values and faith that we do. Go to my household and find someone from our extended family back in Haran. And so when the servant went, the Lord directed his steps so amazingly that he knew he had found the astoundingly perfect match for Isaac. And it says in Genesis 24, The servant bowed his head and worshiped the Lord and said, blessed be the Lord, the God of my master, Abraham, who has not forsaken his steadfast love and his faithfulness towards my master. That's why we can have huge faith in God, my friends, because he never forgets his steadfast love and faithfulness to us. His love is loyal. He will never abandon or betray you. His faithfulness, it means it's a firmness, it's a reliability that God will always come through. And so today, like Vander and Karen, God might be calling you to begin a journey of faith as you trust in Jesus and allow him to guide your life from here on in. Or today, like Ayo and Busayo, God might be calling you to get serious about your faith in the face of obstacles. Do you remember what they said? There's no difficulties. Because when you know that God is with you and you know he's called you, you know it's gonna be okay and you can persevere. And today, like Uche and Chinello, God may be calling you to go ahead and take a step of faith for which all the details are not yet in place. And we can trust him with that. Don't be afraid. God says he is your shield and your very great reward. My friends, blessings are on this journey of faith. Cursings, it seems that we can pass those down from parent to child to grandchild. But there is a blessing that God can pour out upon our lives, much like Abraham's that becomes a blessing for our children and their children and for a thousand generations after. There is a long game blessing that this world of short-term pleasure knows nothing about. But when we unreservedly respond in faith to God, that blessing begins to be poured out upon us. At the end of Isaac's life, he took that blessing that his father had given him and he prayed it over his son, Jacob. And then Jacob, at the end of his life, with his 12 sons, who would become the 12 tribes of Israel, prayed that blessing over those men and their families that would come out. And the power of that blessing continues today in the faces of people from every tribe, nation, and tongue that are here in this service and that are around this world praising the name of Jesus. And so today, as I near the end of a little journey of my own, having been one of the people to shepherd here and walk with you on your journeys, I would like to pass on a little blessing to you. If you'll bow your heads. Lord God, it is so difficult to understand how great your love is for us, how intricate your plans are, how amazing the things are that you're working out, even when we don't understand it at the time. But we're going to look back sometime and go to every place we were, your blessing was there. We're going to look back sometime and see whole families changed. We're going to see family trees that were broken and twisted, made right and whole. And we want to give you the praise now. I thank you for your blessing upon my family, Lord, and for how you work out every detail for us in ways that make us laugh. And now out of that blessing, I pray blessing upon the people of this church, the people watching, on the leadership, I pray blessing from the Lord God Almighty. I pray an anointing to continue upon Pastor Joel for preaching and teaching that is unparalleled. I pray anointing upon the staff here, new and continuing, for their missions and ministries, that it will be powerful and effective. I pray for each family that is here, Lord, that the curse would be gone and that the blessing of God would come, that sin would find no place to let its terror and destruction begin to work in their families, but instead righteousness would be with them. I pray, Lord, for blessing in their hearts, in their relationship with you. I pray, Lord, that you will bless them financially when appropriate. I pray you will strip it away when they need to trust in you more. I pray blessing upon these people in an unprecedented way. I ask, Lord, that in every hurt, everything they're going through, I pray blessing to come and for faith to well up in the people in each one of us, that we may settle for nothing less in this life than everything that you have for us. And only in eternity will we step back and laugh and marvel and rejoice at the goodness of God. Amen.